And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. The HubSpot Podcast Network has incredible podcasts like My First Million. My First Million is hosted by Sam Parr and Sean Purry. They feature famous guests. They discuss how companies made their first million and then some. They brainstorm new business ideas based on the hottest trends and opportunities in the marketplace. Here are some of the topics they talk about. If you like any of these, you will love the show. Three profitable business ideas that you should start in 2022. Drunk business ideas that could make you millions. Asking the founder of Grammarly how he built a $13 billion company or SaaS companies that anybody can start. If these topics are up your alley, go check out My First Million. Listen to it wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today, my guest is Evan Carmichael. Evan is a prolific YouTuber. He's built a community of over 3 million subscribers. Of course, he's done a lot more than that. He's also wrote several books. He speaks globally. The goal of his brand, of of Evan Carmichael, is to inspire a 19-year-old version of himself. So when he was 19, he built and sold a biotech software company, a lot of ups and downs going into entrepreneurship. At 22, he was a venture capitalist. He raised between $500,000 to $15 million for various deals. He then started creating content focused on insights, uh, lessons, advice for that 19-year-old Evan that was trying to navigate career, life, entrepreneurship, startup, business. So now, like I said, he has a 3 million-plus subscriber community all focused on inspiration and business and entrepreneurship and startup advice. So what do we speak about? Well, we spoke about his story, how he went from big bank, potential finance career into startup land, making $300 a month, barely knowing if he could afford rent or to put food on the table. We spoke about uh, when he gave up and when he decided to not give up and how he ended up the second he decided to not give up closing the biggest deal of his life at that point, which allowed him to scale his startup, eventually exit it. Then we spoke about uh, after startup life, how he just wished that he could have some advice, some some guidance. And at the time, YouTube wasn't what it was. You didn't have the access to the information that we all have access to now. So he started creating content. He, of course, is an incredible content creator. And then we spoke about some of the things that he's learned as a content creator. So we spoke about identifying your purpose and why it's so important for a content creator to understand who they're serving. We spoke about creating content that resonates, uh, what content actually impacts an audience and uh, how do you build that audience, how do you serve that audience, what the secret to success is as a content creator. And then ultimately, uh, once you've started, which is the hardest part, how do you continue? How do you maintain? How do you grow? And some lessons that he's learned building his community over several years that will hopefully allow some content creators that are listening to this podcast to uh, grow a little bit quicker. And so they don't have to go through all the ups and downs and trials and tribulations that Evan went through. So a ton of great advice on growing a community, creating content, building a brand, what it all means, the mindset and the tactical behind it from somebody who's probably done it better than most and is known as an incredible content creator. So learn from the best. Let's jump right into it. This is Evan Carmichael, serial entrepreneur, content creator, uh, podcaster, author, global speaker. He's done it all. Let's go. Yeah, so high school, I 
had a lot of entrepreneurial tendencies. Uh, I'm 41 years old now. So going back to high school, it's been a while, but it wasn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't a professional. It wasn't a career option. No, my friends weren't talking about being entrepreneurs. I didn't know anybody who was an entrepreneur. You kind of had to be a little crazy, basically unemployable to be an entrepreneur. But I had a lot of entrepreneurial tendencies in that I was selling baseball cards and, and doing garage sales and all that kind of fun stuff and starting my own little tiny businesses that never really went anywhere, but it was kind of in me. Uh, and then in university, you know, if you look at my high school yearbook to before university, it was, where are you going to be in 10 years? I said VP at a bank because I love <laughs> I love making money and I love the idea of managing money. And I thought you had to be a banker to make money, you know, totally different world back then. And uh, I got to university and went down the path of becoming an investment banker, my dream job, and also had a chance to join a startup, take 30% equity in the company and make 300 bucks a month. And that was the toughest decision of my life, Scott. It's like, I got a chance to go work at Merrill Lynch, my dream job, get paid six figures, travel around you know, the world doing, doing deals or have 300 bucks a month and 30% ownership in this startup. and. Uh, I really wrestled with that. The thing that I decided on was, you know what? I don't know if I'll ever get this chance to be an entrepreneur again. I could get another job. It may not be the same job. It may not be Merrill Lynch. It may not be traveling around the world, but I can get a kind of similar job. I didn't want to live with the regret of not knowing. And so I told myself I'd rather no one fail than not knowing. Even even if it didn't work out, at least I would know because I didn't want to I would I didn't want to be an old man at 40. Is what I would tell myself. When I'm 40 <laughs> and life is over and, and you're finished, you know, and you look back on your life, <laughs> you're gonna regret not knowing. So uh, that got me into the in the path of starting my first business. Uh, you know, struggled, failed, some of the worst years of my life, eventually built and sold. I don't know how deep you want to go into that stuff, but coming out of high school, I mean, I had a lot of entrepreneurial drives and tendencies, but didn't really know where to put them. And so really grateful that I discovered entrepreneurship. I, yeah, I appreciate the story. Actually, you know what? I, I'm not going to go too deep into that story because I've heard that story a lot. And I know that you've told that story before only because, only because um, I get a lot of awesome entrepreneurs, but I don't get a lot of people that have built such a strong brand and create so much content. So I think that's like the, the thing that you got to pull out and you got to teach people because uh, people do build businesses, but not everybody builds a brand like you built your brand. So uh, I'm curious your mindset. When you're going into uh, starting a YouTube account, is that a side hustle? Is that something that you just uh, thought would be a hobby? Uh, was it purposeful? Was it not? Where, what was the mindset when you first started this out? So I'm a big believer that your purpose comes from your pain, that whatever you struggled the most with as a human is what you want to help other people with. And so I struggled so much as an entrepreneur myself, I wanted to make the path easier for other entrepreneurs, right? It's still what I'm doing now, like 20 years mm -hmm. later, 22 years later, whatever making videos, being on here with you, Scott, is trying to help the 19-year-old Evans of the world out there because there are millions of those people right now. I went to YouTube because I'm a visual person. I like to see, I like to see something. And at the time, I had a popular website off just evancarmichael.com. We had 100,000 plus pages of content. We had huge people writing for the website. But I, I, I can read. It's okay. But I'd rather see a video. And video was just starting to emerge and be a thing. And so I thought, I would go to YouTube and just start making some videos. I, I never expected it to blow up. Like being YouTube famous wasn't a thing. And if you went to YouTube in 2009, when I uploaded my first video, it was, it was all sorts of stupid videos. Man falls downstairs. Here's my cat. Like just really stupid things. There was no education videos, no entrepreneurship videos, not really. And so I did it just because I thought it might help a few people. You know, I, I never... People say, oh, how did you know? Like, I didn't know. I was, I'm not that smart. I didn't know what YouTube was going to become. I just, I liked video and I wanted to be there. And my first video in the first year of it being up had three comments. One was my mom, one was my sister, and one was some random guy. So it was like, I didn't, I didn't hit it big out of the gate. It took five years or something to get to five figures in, in subscribers. Um, so it took a long, long time. I was doing it because... I, I thought it would help a few people. My, my business was my website and my passion was helping create content on YouTube. And ultimately things, I, I stuck around long enough that things started to happen, fortunately, but I didn't know that this is where it was going to be. So you, you, you did this, you did this and, and you built this from the pain you experienced and you wanted to teach and you found that medium. Um, is there a process that you've reverse engineered? If you, if somebody was looking to, 
create content to to build a brand um what is that what is the way to find your purpose as a content creator so somebody could be a little bit more purposeful with their actions from day one because that would probably expedite their process yeah so recognize first of all that a brand is an emotion a brand is how you want people to feel when they're around any of your stuff whether they're buying your merch it's like how do i feel when i put this on or if i'm putting on some michael jordans how am i going to feel when i put those on if i'm watching your content how do you want me how do you want to make me feel like your interview scott how do you want people to feel when they're watching and listening to your interviews enlightened uh motivated um educated uh, passionate like just like light a fire and feel like they can go do whatever they want to go do it's yeah, probably so very people, similar to your audience to be honest like same same idea yeah and listen if you had if, if people had that clarity in terms of yeah jumping into making content that I want people to feel enlightened. Like if we run with yeah. that, I want people to feel enlightened when they watch my video. Most of the time when we get in front of a camera to press record, we're worried about how am I looking? Am I wearing the right thing? Is the light okay? Am I in focus? What is, what am I even going to be saying? I, I forgot my lines. And even if you end up having the perfect words, if they don't have the emotion behind it, they won't land. We're having the emotion with imperfect words will land. So if the goal before going into any interview or any piece of content is I really want the people listening to this to feel enlightened and empowered, it, it just changes how you show up. It changes the content direction. It changes the guests that people invite on their shows. It changes the picture that you post to Instagram. So your brain is an emotion. Mine is believe. If people figure out what that is, it, it relieves a lot of pressure and also gives a lot more clarity for what to do next. So I think that's the starting point. Like, what do you stand for? What do you want your brand to be? What is the one word emotion that you want to permeate everything you make? In terms of purpose, well, now we need to apply that to the people who, who are exactly like who you used to be, right? Your purpose is to help people who currently are who you used to be. I'm still making content for 1911 because there are millions of people out there who are 1911 and they need help, they need guidance, they need support, they need wisdom, they need inspiration. And that's who I'm making my content for. I, I can help anybody believe, and there's a lot of people who watch my content who are entrepreneurs, and that's awesome, but I, I feel most connected to the people who are struggling to get their business off the ground because that's when I had the, the biggest pain point in my life. And it's just recognizing that your journey, your story has value and that you're, we're not where we want to be. Like, I'm not done growing. Scott's not done growing. Like, neither of us are where we ultimately want to be. And a lot of people will then use that as, well, I'm, I'm no Tony Robbins or I'm no whoever, so I'm not even going to try. But you could go back and help the person that you used to be. I can go back and sit on a park bench and talk to 19-year-old Evan and give him some knowledge that will, that will help him. And that becomes the exercise then, that every time that you, you're climbing a mountain and you're trying to get to the top, and you never want to get to the top because that means you're done growing, but you're climbing, 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 hopefully every day. If you listen to Scott's show, you're going to climb and learn more every day. But every time you take a step up, you then reach back and pull to help somebody else get to where you're at. And most people are stuck still at, at zero. Most people are stuck at just taking the first step. And so they can be inspired by your story. They can learn from you. And knowing that you've been through what they are going through gives them the hope and the belief that maybe they can get out of the hole they're into. I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, HubSpot. Now, as a leader, you're always on the lookout for more ways to arm yourself with knowledge. The books, the seminars, and most importantly, the podcasts that help you make the best possible decision for you, your company, your customers. Because when you know more, you can apply more and you can grow. With HubSpot CRM platform, you can store, track, manage, and report on all the tasks and activities that make up your relationships with customers. With a bird's eye view over all your customer interactions, HubSpot empowers your decision making like never before. So you can give your business and your customers all the good you've got. Learn how to make your business grow better at HubSpot.com. If somebody is starting, so Evan, you're starting day one. Mm -hmm. What is the advice that you give to somebody so that they make it past this, this initial hump so that they feel comfortable taking the first step? And then once they take the first, I know it's going to be a two-part question, which is an, a dick move on my part. But what, what, so what's the advice to get them to take the first step? And then once they take that first step, what's the advice to maintain continuity, maintain momentum, do it for five years so they see the result? So when you're first getting started, expect to suck. 
just expect to suck. Expect it to be terrible. Expect your first interview to suck, your first video to suck. Just expect it. Expect your camera to break and the sound not to record and you you being a nervous, you know, 100%. just wreck. Just expect to suck. It doesn't mean that you suck as a human. It just means that you don't have the skill set yet. Well, how do you get the skill set? You you practice. Like don't this is this is the problem for a lot of people is they'll look at people don't expect to be great. You know, like if you're starting the show, whoever your heroes are, Joe Rogan or Tim Ferriss or whoever, Larry King, like whoever you think are the best interviewers of all time, great. You can look at them and say, well, I don't think I'm going to be as good as them yet. Like I might on a long enough horizon, but I'm not going to be as good as them. Those are the A plus category. Great. But you can easily think to yourself, okay, if they're A plus, I'm probably like a B minus right now. You know, like I, I, I ask great questions. I'm curious. I think I could do that. And then you go and you do your first show. And you realize you're not a B minus, you're, you're a D minus. Like it's just way worse than you thought because when you go live, you freeze up, you're deer in the headlights, ask the wrong question, stumble, look back and say, oh my gosh, I didn't do anything that I thought I was going to do. And you just realize that you're way worse than you thought you were going to be. And that's where most people quit. Like they make one or they try to make the first one and then they look back and say, this is terrible. I guess I suck at this and it's not for me. I'm not as good as I thought I was. And they never keep going. Expect to suck. Again, it means you're amazing as a human because you tried. And if you keep keep trying and keep improving, keep getting better, you will not suck anymore. So that's where a lot of people struggle. They know what looks good. They feel they can make it. They can't at the beginning. And so they stop trying. In terms of keeping going, how do you keep going when you're struggling and, and failing and not seeing the results? People ask me this all the time where you know it took me five years to get to 5,000 subscribers or whatever close numbers like that, where a lot of people, they're, they're hitting that in the first few months. It took me five years to get there. I like sharing the journey because it's, it's great to see 3 million, whatever now, but five years, 5,000 subscribers. Uh, what kept me going through those days was I always focus on who I was serving instead of who I'm not. Most people will focus on who they're not serving. And that game never ends, right? I have 3 million subscribers. Why is it, why isn't it four or five? Or 10. Like, dive, dive deeper into that concept. That's very interesting. I, what do you mean by they're focusing on the people that they're not serving? So if I'm at 3 million subscribers, yeah. most people who are even at my level are thinking, well, I should be at five. Or I should be at seven. Or I should be at 10. Or I should be at Understood. like the net. We're focused on who we don't have. We're focused yeah. on, and that's great goal oriented, like, Hey, where we're going next. But if you focus too much on that, it's actually really depleting of your energy. So if at the beginning you get, you get five views on your video. You get 50 views on your video. You think, wow, I only got 50 views? I spent so much time and energy and effort. I thought it was actually decent and only 50 people watched it. We're focused on who we're not having, right? Why isn't it 500 or 5,000 or whatever meaningful number is that you thought you would have? And as our standards get higher, we keep increasing that number, right? If I get 5,000 views on a video, that's a failure. Where at the beginning, it's like, oh my God, 5,000 views. So how I've always just approached it and maybe it was because at the beginning, there was no such thing as being YouTube famous, was I just focus on who I was serving. That if I had 50 people watch the video, like 50 people watch this video. Yeah, like if you were gonna go give a speech at a library or, or YMCA or something, people. 50 people showed up, you'd be pretty yeah. amped. You'd be pretty nervous. You know, your first speaking gig, oh it's my god, It's a good gosh. night. It's a good night. Yeah, it's a good, I mean, it's yeah. great, right? 50 people showed up to listen to you. But because it's online, we, we feel like that's nobody and, and, and it doesn't matter and it doesn't, it, it doesn't hit anybody. You know, assume that for one of those 50 people, your video is a life-changing video. The message you're speaking is having a major impact, not on everybody, but at least one person in those 50. Maybe your words, the way you said it today with your tone and your story actually punctured through where other people haven't. Like they heard your message, even if they don't leave a comment to tell you what an impact that it's had. And if you focus on the 50 people you are serving instead of the, you know, all the people that you're not, it does two things. One, it makes you feel like you're doing work that matters. It makes you feel like your work is meaningful. And, and at the end of the day, we all want to wake up and feel like we're going to do something meaningful. If you wake up and feel like it doesn't mean anything if we show up or not today, then you're not, that's the path to stress, depression, anxiety, suicide, because we feel like we don't matter. But if you woke up today and felt like today's going to matter, it's going to mean something. I look at my calendar. I see Scott in the calendar. It's like, yes, let's go. It's going to be a great day, guys. Uh, then that's the path to, to purpose and fulfillment and happiness. So 
focusing on who you are serving makes you feel better and gives you more energy and happiness to pour into your creative projects. It also has a funny effect where if you focus on who you are serving, they take you to the people who you're not. If you love on your current community and they, they feel that love and they're going to reciprocate it and take you to their friends say, Hey, have you listened to Scott's show? It's amazing. This guy cares so much. He invites these great guests on, asks amazing questions, right? They will take you to the people who you're not serving. So that was the thing that got me going. It was that, that kept me going. It was not, Oh, I didn't get 500 views on this video. So I'm going to quit. Like, no, seven, five people watch this video. I'm having an impact. Keep going. That is a great dovetail into, well, you kind of answered it, but that was, I always love asking people why they named their book, what they named their book. Mm -hmm. And that sort of ties it all together. So you, you, you actually wrote a book called built to serve. And that's why that's such a central theme in what's made you successful. So it's always, it's always focusing on who you already have. And I think that's actually, I've never heard it phrased that way. And I think that most people don't look at growing social audiences that way at all. It's almost like always looking in, internally versus outwards. That's. Yeah. I, you know what, Scott? I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't vocalize it as well when I first got started. So if we had this interview back in 2009, when I was first getting, I wouldn't have been able to say it as clearly as that. But what I, what I found over the years was, and I've been around for a long enough time that you start to, you know, hear stories. A lot of the people who have watched my videos, they would go years and never leave a comment and never tell me the impact that the video had. I remember this one woman who uh, um, had cancer and she was in the hospital and having her treatments. And every, every time it was painful, she would pull up an iPad and watch one of my videos for inspiration. And, and she told me that she had one really, really painful day and she just wanted to quit, like just end it. I'm done. This is too much pain. I'm not, I don't want to live like this anymore. And her mom came in and she said, that's not happening. Who's that guy that you watch on YouTube again? Like, what's his name? Where you're going to watch a video right now from his channel. And she pulled up the iPad and showed it to her and, you know, helped her get to another day. And um, we did an episode on her show and she was telling me this story. And this had happened four or five years before we did the interview on her podcast. And I had never known, like she never left a comment on my videos. Mm -hmm. She'd never written an email to say thank you. And now four to five years after this whole thing happened, she's telling me face to face how much of an impact my content has played in her life. So we tend to default that if, unless people leave gushing comments on our videos or we get tons of views, that it's not having an impact and it doesn't matter. Where I've seen enough of those stories come back that it's like, hey, if, if 50 people watched it, for one person, that could be a life-changing video. And if you can actually hold on to that, actually capture that and feel that, that for at least one person, this message is, is life-changing for them, that's what will fill you up and give you the, the motivation, energy, hope, encouragement to keep going on the content. I just want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Swag.com. Now, you know, if you've ever received a corporate gift or swag in the past, how many of those gifts did you actually keep? Probably not many, which is probably because the stuff that you got was not so great. I've gotten... Uh, like a lot of stuff from trade shows and from companies in the past that I've just thrown out the second I get it. So this is why you need to check out swag.com. I've been on the receiving end of getting garbage gifts. I've also worked in companies where I only had access to a really, really small inventory of stuff that I wanted to give my customers and my employees. And I knew that it wasn't going to resonate. I knew that it was going to suck. So what is swag.com? Well, it's like, Swag upgraded. It's the best place to buy custom gifts and swag that people will actually want to keep. So they sent me a box because obviously they're sponsoring the show and I wanted to see what it's all about. I, you know, I've worked in businesses. I want to make sure that the quality of their stuff actually was up to my standards because I can tell you right now that when I get garbage, it goes right into the trash. It, like, it really goes right into the trash the second I get back from the trade show or the conference or whatever. So I received one of the custom swag boxes from swag.com. I loved the unique packaging, so it was a beautiful unboxing experience. Uh, I loved the actual products they sent me, and there's a whole bunch more that obviously they didn't send me, but the stuff that they did send was absolutely beautiful. It was very high quality, and I can only imagine that if I actually got this when I was working for companies, I probably would have actually used it. And to be honest, I'm going to start using them for people that work on my show and in my company as well because I know that this isn't just uh, – 
a novelty gift that somebody's going to throw out. It's stuff that they can actually use. They have so many unique and customizable gifts that I've never seen anywhere else. They have custom yoga mats. They have custom Apple AirPods. They even have branded kayaks, which I did not know was a thing. So they carry all these premium brands like North Face, Yeti, Nike, and more. And it's all customizable with your company's logo or artwork. Uh, with swag.com, they take care of all of your swag at their warehouse and they ship it to individual addresses. Or if you prefer, uh, you can just send it to a bulk location in one single shipment. It's easy to manage uh, from their online portal, which you obviously get access to. So if this is something that you think would benefit you, if you have clients or customers or a team and you want to go the extra mile and you actually want to give gifts that people appreciate, which is the whole point of giving these gifts in the first place, go to swag.com. Uh, for the perfect swag and custom gifts. Right now, they're giving everybody who's a Success Story podcast listener a special offer. It's 10% off your entire order, but only when you go to swag.com slash success and enter promo code SUCCESS10. Remember, for 10% off, go to swag.com slash success and use promo code SUCCESS10. Incredible. Okay, I also like to highlight that obviously every journey is not so easy. So failures pick pick failures that you've had how did you navigate those how did you circumvent those like how did you in the darkest point in any point in your life it could be personal professional how did you navigate that and then get through it so the the biggest failure i had was i quit on my business partner so the this is why i try to encourage people to keep going and believe and all because that was me because i needed it because because 20 year old evan that badly needed that message. We were not having success. I was a year in on this business. I turned down my dream job to, to take this you know, company opportunity. All my friends were, were getting rich, doing all this stuff. And I was too poor to go hang out with them. And I was too embarrassed to tell them that I was broke, right? It's, they want to hang out and I can't because 20 bucks for pizza and beer and then like bowling night or whatever would be too much, right? And so I said, oh, I can't, I'm hustling. I'm living the entrepreneur life, you know, not no, I like that. I can't, I make 300 bucks a month, guys. I can't afford this. So at some point it just got to a breaking point where I can't handle this anymore. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm busting my butt like every day, wake up, it's dark. I go to my partner's condo. It's dark. I leave and go home, right? Bean salad for lunch every day, just day in, day out. If you weren't working hard and you're not getting results, that's fine. You can kind of understand. But when you're grinding every single day, all day and have no other life and you're still not getting results, I don't know. I think at some point it just beats you down to, to, to say, I can't take this anymore. And so at a family event, um, I think it was Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever, um, I told my business partner, like, I can't do this anymore. I need, I need to feel like I'm a valuable person <laughs> uh, and just, this isn't working. And so I, I quit. And then I, I cried like crazy, had stuff coming out of my eyes, my nose, uh, you know, I was just totally lost. And um, the next day I woke up and felt I can't quit yet. Cause I'm going to regret if I quit now. I know again, when I'm an old man at 40, I'm going to regret this life-changing decision. But I can't keep going the way that I'm going. I have to find something else because this is not working as it is. And that's where I had a aha moment at, kind of at my bottom, which was I'm not the first guy to try to build software before and sell it. Like, who's done this? And the first guy I thought of was Bill Gates, who started Microsoft. So I thought, okay, how did Bill Gates do it? I'm going to learn his story, and maybe there's something I can learn from it. And, and I did. I looked at how Microsoft got started. Not, not how did he make a mix, an extra million dollars now. Like, who cares? You know, makes a million dollars a second just, just sitting around. How do you go from zero to one? That's what I wanted to do. And I looked at a story and copied that strategy. And shortly after, I had my first deal for $13,500 in my business. And, um, you know, grand scheme of things, that's not a lot of money. But holy cow, when you're making 300 bucks a month, and you get a thirteen and a half k deal, deal. <laughs> my dude, it's 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 a. Um, I was rich, like I won the lottery. Um, you know, I have I have I have dollars hitting my bank account. Uh, I felt rich, and more important is like hope, like oh my gosh, something finally worked. Like maybe this could actually happen. Light at the end of the tunnel, and and then I just modeled that strategy to keep getting more and more and more growth. And so, if you think about what do I do now? Like what saved me back then? Modeling success. I don't have to be the guy to figure it out all on my own. I can model somebody who's done it. 
what have I done for the past 20 plus years is teach people how to model success. You know, I'm like, I'm still talking to 19 year old Evan profiling famous people and say, here's where you can learn from them to apply to your situation. You know, it's funny though. Like you've always, you've always gone into situations like, well, I guess in the software company, you did have people you could model, but when you were starting your own brand and you're creating content, I don't think there was a model, but you still figured it out. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point, Scott. And I, and I think that's why it took so long. Sure. You know, that I, that I didn't yeah. model somebody. I think, I think you could, like people ask me, who's your, who's your hero or who do you want to be most like? And my answer is princess die. Uh, that, that's my, that's my model. And I, I just like, there's a lot of things about her that I think can apply. How does it apply to like my 2022, you know, business, YouTube, et cetera. That's, that's the challenge. But I think if I applied it earlier to my situation, it wouldn't have taken me five years to get. 5,000 subscribers, I would have been able to get there a lot faster. Um, every time I haven't known what to do and I ask myself, who's done this before? And maybe you can talk to them, but I didn't have any connection. So I, like, I'm not calling up Bill Gates to say, hey, Billy, um, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> but, but the bigger they are, the more their stories are out there for you to learn. And so if I was smart enough to go back and say, I'm building a brand, like even the idea of a brand, Scott, was not something that was in my vocabulary. You know, I wasn't thinking about it. It wasn't anyone's vocabulary. It's yeah, kind of net new in the past some content, few years. You know, I'm going to make yeah. some videos and hopefully help somebody, right? That was really the start. So if, you know, there were no big parallels in YouTube, but I could have pulled from other, other people who were, um, who were big at the time. I could have pulled from Oprah who had her TV show. I, I could have pulled from people if I, if I had the smarts or the role models, I guess, to think about it. Um, so again, like this is what I'm trying to help people. You don't have Teach to take them. as long Teach as them. I did to get here. You can go a lot faster. Um, one more question on, on content creation that I want to do a couple of rapid fire. Cause I want to respect your time too. But um, last question on content creation. Um, Somebody starting day one, no resources. They, they want to start putting content out into the world. What is the number one thing to think about? Is it process? Is it, you, you mentioned some mindset things, but the actual doing, if they're going to start today, what advice would you give them? You, you pull out your phone. You know, if you go on YouTube, you turn it sideways and you press record, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I think it depends on the industry that you're going to, you know, what your niche is. I, I specialize in education, thought leadership, um, specifically entrepreneurship, personal development. If that's you, then people overfocus on like quality content. They think of quality of production, the mm. camera you use, the microphone you use, the lighting, the editing, the, the, yeah. and, and that barely matters. Like inside of thought leadership education, what matters most is quality of thought. Can you teach me something that I don't know? Your job as a thought leader is to take what's in your head and plant it into your audience's head. Now, if you're, if you're a videographer, uh, then yeah, your real better look fire. If you're a videographer, I don't want to see a bunch of YouTube videos with like shaky hand on your cell phone, right? I mean, you're not going to get hired for that. But if you're a speaker, you're you're you want to be an expert, you're a coach, you're a trainer, um, you're selling consulting. Then it's it's not so much about how good it looks; it's more about how good you are. And we overthink and overanalyze and overprepare and overscript all of our videos. If you thought about how much time you spent. And I, I mean, I'm guilty too. Go back and watch my first videos. I did all the same mistakes everybody else did as well. My first video, I'm, in a, I'm sitting down, I'm in a suit, super uncomfortable. We have the perfect setting and lighting and all this stuff behind us. And, and that was not, that video was not fire. I mean, it's, it's taken off because it's my first video and people want to see what video number one is, but it's not like it was some amazing video uh, because I suck because I was nervous and I didn't have a great message. So the most important thing is just get the phone out and imagine. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own cost and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. 
There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn Jobs, and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. 
Today's episode is sponsored by Belay. And what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Imagine you're not speaking to a lens, but imagine you're speaking to a human. And it can either be yourself, like you're going to sit down with, I would sit down with 19-year-old Evan, and like, here's what you need to know, 19-year-old Evan. Replace the camera lens with person's face. Or an actual friend of yours. I used to, there was an entrepreneur friend of mine who was always seen to be struggling. And so instead of seeing the lens, I would see him. And I'd be talking just to him. And when you can do that, that's how you get real and authentic and vulnerable and all of our buzz phrases because it feels like you're talking to a human instead of just the camera lens. That's awesome, man. Good, good advice just to get started. And I, and I like that. I like that idea of, of replacing that, that camera with the person because all the best conversations that I've ever had, and I'm sure you do it too. Well, now you've done it a lot, but when you just off the cuff, just shoot the shit with a friend, that's by far the best advice you're ever going to give ever, ever, ever. Um, okay, let's do a couple of rapid fire, but most importantly, most importantly, where do people go consume more of your content? Drop a couple handles, uh, website, wherever you want to send people. Uh, you know, I'm Evan Carmichael everywhere. You can probably find me, whatever platform <laughs> okay, you're on. That works. That I think works. the, I mean, how many episodes of this have you done, Scott? Uh, 250. Yeah. Well, oh, th- this is 250. No, not this one in particular. I've recorded 250. I don't know which one this is though. This oh. is this is in there. This is, this yeah, is I can yeah. make it 250. Yeah, let's go. Let's. Yes, I like yeah, being. I, I like that. being the. I want to be those. I like the milestone numbers. Okay, guys, this is episode 250. Whether you are new to Scott's uh, show or this is your first episode, the greatest thing you can do is go go leave a comment or go leave a review for this episode. Where are people like YouTube or or iTunes or what's both. The, what's both, both actually. Yeah. Wherever you're yeah. listening, if you're on iTunes, just leave a leave a five star review, give some feedback, and if you're on YouTube, leave a comment and let Scott know what's up. You'd be surprised at how much that helps, uh, especially mm-hmm. the iTunes reviews for for getting exposure. It's it's a lot of work to make 250 videos, guys. Right? This isn't just yeah, I'm gonna just show up and hopefully you know make some good content. So the best thing you can do for me is if you enjoyed any of this content, go give Scott some love on uh, on iTunes or YouTube, so uh, more people can get access to all of his guests and his wisdom too. Thank you, man. That was actually super cool. No one's ever done that before. I appreciate the shout out. That's very, very cool. Okay. Let's do a couple of rapid fire. Then we'll, then we'll wrap this thing up. It's also because um, I remember me back at the beginning, not I know. at the beginning, but it's like, man, every comment yeah. I got, I just, oh man, I got a comment. <laughs> you no, go you're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Like, like my, like the, it's a podcast. So it definitely takes off a little bit more on, on like iTunes, Spotify, but yeah, for sure. On YouTube, like right now, starting on about like 20k 20k subs like it's like it's it, it means a lot like it means yeah. it means like a lot to a creator when you show a little love and actually i try and sort of take that to heart when i have friends that put out content and i'm trying to like support everybody i i just go through my friends list when they post anything it's just commenting sharing everything i have a yeah, couple friends listen, that do a lot of a second stuff, second like, action item yeah. for your audience like one yeah. go give scott some love on itunes or youtube but two look at look at who you like to look at whose content you like to mess with in mm-hmm. in YouTube, Instagram, wherever you're spending a lot of time, and look at who's a small account. Like leaving a comment on my channel is awesome, but I'm probably not going to see most of them at this point. My team does. Uh, leaving a comment on on Joe Rogan's channel or whatever, it's probably not going to be ever seen by the creator. But look at the channels who are smaller than you or who you know are just getting, and you genuinely like their stuff, and just give them give them a little bit of love. Just tell them how much their stuff means to you. Like. Like the woman who was watching my videos in the hospital and she never told me, just tell the people who are smaller than you what their content means to you. That comment, I'm telling you, could be the difference between them quitting 
and them keeping on for another month and then their big break happens. Like your your eight seconds to leave a comment on that person's video or post could be the difference between them quitting. Millions of creators out there right now are on the verge today. They will quit and never post again. And your comment could be the difference for them. So that's a little bit extra homework. Preach. I love it. Okay. Uh, you touched on this quick, but um, biggest challenge you've overcome in your own personal life. What was it? Had you overcome it? Was that that still same example? If so, we can move on. Or yeah, like just the deciding, the, the deciding, yeah. not to quit on the business, but deciding which path to go. Do I become okay. an entrepreneur and take this big gamble, or do I take this job that I thought I always wanted? And the two lessons that I like the modeling success lesson I learned at twenty, and I still use today, and the I'd rather fail and no than not no basically live a life with no regrets was at 19 and still those are the filters through which i make decisions now amazing okay uh there's been many people that have had an impact on your life pick one person and what did they teach you uh i mean i picked my parents they're behind me on my wall here there's a picture i guess for the audio listeners you can't see but i've got five giant canvases these are half human size and i've got a picture of, of me when i'm 8 or 9 and then my mom and my dad above me and I see them every day when I walk into my office and, and they're not entrepreneurs and they didn't teach me anything about entrepreneurship or business, but they taught me how to be a human. And they would always tell me you're Evan Castrilli Carmichael. You can do anything you believe that you can. And um, yeah, it's just, I'm really just pumping what my parents gave me out into the entrepreneur world. Amazing. Uh, a book, podcast, audible, something you'd recommend people go check out that has a Scott's show. Let's go you. guys. Yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah. Why are you not on there? <laughs> Come on, subscribe, <laughs> give some five-star reviews. Let's give Scott some love. All right, we'll keep that one. I'll, we'll keep that one. I appreciate it. Um, okay, if you could tell your 20-year-old self one thing, what would it be? Believe. Believe that you believe. can. Believe that it will work out. Believe that you can, you can figure out the skills to get there. Believe, believe, believe. Believe that someone like you can do it. And last question, what does success Ooh. mean to you? Uh, what does success mean to me? I'm, I'm not really a definitions guy, but I think feeling like what I do matters every day is what we're all chasing. So if I woke up, I, I genuinely enjoy what's in my calendar and I feel like I'm going to do something that's going to mean something either to the world or to, you know, the closest people to me, like my wife, I think that's success. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it, each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. 
I tried LinkedIn jobs and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours? That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. 